Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer, as always on the East Coast. And we are looking at 10 games here, Nate, on Wednesday night. In this one, we're taking a look at the Nuggets and the Bucks taking each other on in Milwaukee. In that one, got a really good slate of games for you. Another good video with the Grizzlies and Warriors, as well as our player props. And we're bringing you these videos each and every weekday this season, so make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Also head to thelines.com. You can check out everything we've got up there, written content and the like for, for the NBA this season. You can also use our odds finder tool on there. That's where we give you guys all the best odds available on all these bets you're making in the NBA this season. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into this slate and then talk Bucks and Nuggets. Yeah, the Pacers pulled out a win without Halliburton last night, and they're plus six at Orlando. Another game we wanted to look at, but Embiid is questionable. The Sixers are minus five at home against the Nets that managed one win two straight on that at the end of that road trip. Uh, now on extra rest is Brooklyn. Minnesota plus two and a half at New Orleans, which just played a very low scoring game against these Nuggets last night. Washington won a won a high scoring game against Dallas. Shout out to Josh for, for having that one. Minus three at Houston. Uh, the Nuggets are plus eight at Milwaukee, and that total's been bet down to 231 as we speak. Hawks minus two at the Thunder. Uh, that Grizz game right now, Memphis plus three and a half. Total's been bet up seven points to 245 the Raptors are plus three at the Kings with a 238 total Jazz plus three at uh, at Portland and then the Spurs are plus five and a half at the Lakers uh slight rumblings that Anthony Davis might be back tonight out of nowhere kind of um but we're looking at Nuggets Bucks it's billed as a matchup of the last four MVP winners and uh nothing so far to indicate that Jokic is going to miss it even though he missed two games with hamstring issues, um, and they played last night. He's not a guy who usually, you know, has to sit back-to-backs. Um, you know, it, it seems like he just kind of had an issue, wanted wanted to sit it out for, for a game or two, and, and now he's right back to his thing, again, uh, yet another triple-double, and yet another clutch shot to beat New Orleans. I guess the fact that that was really low scoring has caused some people to be betting on the under here early, but... Uh, I would lean on over. I think the numbers really indicate over first and foremost because of Denver. I mean, on the road, already a bad defense, like 28th in opponents effective field goal shooting and and, and defensive efficiency. Um, but back-to-back situations, they're bad on defense wherever they are. Uh, they're 5-1 and one to the over, going over by an average of 11 per game. They're giving up 120. They're scoring 122. Giving up and hitting about 14 threes, giving up and diming out 29 times, giving up and getting 27 free throws. Those are all high marks when it's a back-to-back. So the, there's not the same energy in rotations defensively. Um, but, I mean, their offense doesn't take nights off when, when Jokic is out there, right? I, I mean, and, um, I mean, they, you look at their recent trips to Milwaukee, it's been an absolute anomaly of just beatdowns, uh, three straight beatdowns of the Bucks in Milwaukee. Uh, that's good for a plus 26 and a half net rating in those games. Um, Milwaukee scoring just 104 with a 131 defensive rating. Jokic is typical 135 offensive rating in those three games. So even with Brooke Lopez active and I think two of those three, they had no answers. <clears throat> Nobody has any answers for Jokic. Um, the Bucks defense has adjusted a little bit in terms of not just giving up 
a, a rampant amount of threes this year, right? They're actually they're they're towards the top of the game in most yeah. things, um, including field goal percentage, limiting free throws. Denver doesn't really care about free throws. They are struggling to deny offensive rebounds. Denver is doing a good job with that, and they are forcing the fewest turnovers in the league somehow. So, despite limiting assists overall, their assist to turnover ratio is bad. Um, and, and, and they do give up a ton of mid range shots, which is why I think Joker has been able to operate really well in those areas with them. Um, Jamal Murray might not be able to play on a back to back, but if he is, that's another mid range weapon for them. It's so in any case, I, I just don't expect the Nuggets offense to lapse here. Um, you know, even if Murray is out, maybe MPJ bones Highland were both out last night and that did hurt them, but I, I think they'll still be able to produce around Joker in this matchup. And you look at Milwaukee's offense, which just exploded with Giannis back after the knee injury. Granted, it's against Detroit, but without Giannis, they were lighting teams up. Um, so now in their last four, they have a 127 offensive rating. Drew Holiday finally looking like he can carry a major load. And he will continue to be number two, right? I mean, Middleton played 15 minutes in his return last night, but he's not a full go yet. So between Milwaukee scoring 122 at home their last 10 and and Denver's back-to-back splits, I I feel like we're going over 230 here. Uh, If if it's bet down to that range, I think you can take the over. And I think we both like Denver to cover eight for sure if Jokic is in. Isn't isn't that the caveat for everything we're saying though? Like, should we should we really harp on that yeah. point? Because I just you know Milwaukee's eight point. You know, it's like you said, it, it's went up half a point in favor of Milwaukee uh, since we even started you know recording th- this podcast this morning. And eight points for for the Bucks without or you know eight points for the Nuggets to cover with Jokic is is yes, it's obvious. Um, the same way that taking them at like, you know, a, a minus one spread last night when we thought he was going to play was obvious. And then he did play. Um, and they actually only won by one against the Pellies and, and sort of folded at the end. But I just, I also didn't like how they folded at the end uh, as they're now moving on to Milwaukee and, and a team that I think with Chris Middleton and, and, and Drew Holiday, you'll see them able to finish games, which they haven't been that bad necessarily down the stretch of games, but you know the ones that they haven't been in have been just because of a lack of having their guys there. So I I, I lean over as well the if Jokic is in, um, and that's that's it. If if he's in two thirty two, fine. I'm happy with the over despite um, you know Milwaukee's defense, which to be honest, like it's it's. Been been really really good uh for the most part but i feel like we just it's been a fluctuating sort of group of guys that we see in there to the point where we just don't really know i, I feel like the last like few weeks for the bucks have been such a conundrum now there's you know now there's stability and i think that's why we you, instead of looking at what they've done in recent history at all it's really just important to look at what they've done when you know they have a chris health a healthy chris middleton out there with Giannis and drew um and really if if Den, if Jokic isn't in there uh what they do without him which is obviously score a lot fewer points get a lot fewer assists per game um, about four less, about five or six less points per game. Uh, they get about five or six less rebounds per game. So, I mean, what, yeah, what, I mean, just everything he does, if you're going to get tw- average, like t- a 25 point, 30 point, triple double, basically, um, you're going to be, a lot of those stats are going to be hard to make up. And then I don't know if they come along for the ride with, with that Milwaukee offense that I think is going to pummel this team. And I think that's pretty, this defense rather on the road, as you've been talking about, which, um, does allow their opponents to do a lot more on defense. You went through a lot of those stats. I don't even necessarily need to get into but it's just another case of of home road splits 18 and 5 at home for the bucks 
uh, 22 and four at home for the Nuggets. But then you look at the road stats. I mean, 12 and 10 for the Nuggets, still good enough to beat uh, the teams that they should be beating for the most part this season. And they have missed Jokic, I believe, twice on the road this season. Um, so there's two points, you know, two games right there they kind of threw away. But uh, the 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 offense as well. That's what I'd be worried about coming along. I mean, they give up about 116 on the road, but they only score the 114 versus the 120 they score at home, right? And and that's that's really what I'm looking at here and why I think some of these trends continue to to be what they are, you know, and as as a home favorite this year. Um, you know, Milwaukee has been covering and, and sort of going back to their Milwaukee ways that we like to see at 16 and 7 uh, against the spread specifically when they're the home favorite and covering that spread by about a point, but that's still an average margin of victory of about 7. So that's about what th- this is at. Uh, in this game, and I still think if, if Joker's not in, like I'm not taking Milwaukee in any way, shape, or form until I unless I knew Joker was out, and still eight points feels like a lot. So hitting eight points, to be honest, before you really even know what's happening with Joker is trying to get ahead of it. It probably will will rise if he's officially ruled out, as some people might try to go hit it, um, and then you can you know even get it maybe at, like closer to nine. But I, even if he's not there, the possibility of them hanging around to cover nine isn't isn't out of the question by any means, and that's why I still think it's worth it to hit it now. I'll take Milwaukee to score 120. I mean, I think you're right on there to say they're gonna they're gonna destroy this defense. Uh, it's just a question of yeah, will Denver have enough legs if Bones and, and MPJ are still out? Do they have enough firepower to keep mm. pace on the road? But for Milwaukee, this is a big revenge spot because I, I mentioned those last three times, uh, just embarrassing losses. The last one I believe sparked their their kind of run to the championship, or at least one of those did. The last one. I think last season sparked a, a good a run to the conference semis or whatever it was. But uh, each time it's kind of been like a gut check for them. And I think I'll talk about Giannis in particular, his props still only at 30 points, even though he cruised to like a point per minute against Detroit. Uh, I think he leads the charge here. I wouldn't be surprised if they score like 138 tonight. Um, it, and it's just a question of whether Denver and, and Jokic is in uh, to keep to keep pace in some way, shape, or form. So I think a team total here is good. Um, uh, but yeah, you're totally right that this is all a caveat. If, if the Joker sits, uh, Denver's pretty much tossing this game away uh, with already two, two guys out. Maybe Murray sits as well. You never know. But I mean, it is a high-profile matchup that I think they will want to have their guys for. Yeah, well, let's see. I mean, if if they're you know serious about wanting this game and wanting you know not necessarily needing to ease Chris Middleton back into things, but just saying go out there, make it somewhat of a playoff atmosphere, uh, and win this game because we've only seen you know Chris Middleton against the Pistons in the last like three weeks or whatever uh, or longer. Then then yeah, I, I think that the Bucks really make sure that they're coming together and, and winning this game. I, I think either way, yeah, the points for the Bucks, and then you wait to see if Joker's in or not if, if they can really handle this spread. But you really got to be monitoring his status to go ahead and hit those lines pretty quickly, uh, as we know the books are probably staying on that just as much as we are with the way that Joker impacts games. So this game, we have Memphis plus three and a half at the Warriors. The total has been bet up from 237 to 244 and a half. Nate told the people it was going to be bet up. Uh, I don't know who he told, but he knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I don't know if I have the balls to take an under the way these teams love to get up and down and, and play, but I do think this is a circled game on the calendar for both teams. And that does mean we should see an above average defensive effort from one or both, uh, especially the Warriors who, you know, they have these crazy home road splits. They have this, these crazy finishes to games that they don't seem to care about. 
I, I, I can't even get into the numbers with them. It's just, it's just like a feel thing, I think, where they just circle certain games, such as Memphis on Christmas, such as those two Celtics games, and say, we're, we're going to use this as a litmus test to see if we are up, up to our championship medal per usual. And then, you know, there's kind of a malaise through the rest of the regular season because it's just like, you know, wake us up when it's playoff time and time to win. But they they have they have it out for Memphis. I mean, and, and vice versa. Uh, the Grizz <clears throat> gave them their toughest test of the postseason last year. Those Celtics games, I mean, they dominated at home. Probably should have won in Boston, uh, for sure. Even as a Celtics fan, I can say they got hosed a little bit by the refs down the stretch <clears throat> and just didn't close it out. But now at home, I, I mean, I like the Warriors. It's been bet up one point from two and a half to three and a half. But Memphis is struggling on this road trip. I don't know how much of that is looking ahead to this game. I don't know how much of that is just their, their you know, front running um ways where they won seven of those 11 at home they won most of those road games against shorthanded opponents and once they get out ahead yeah they 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 can crush teams but if it's not going right early Josh starts forcing it uh <clears throat> Jaron Jackson starts taking bad shots whatever you want to say Steven Adams is out tonight he's kind of a stabilizing force on both ends in terms of getting them good shots I mean and the Warriors have done a really good job limiting stars recently. I know Jock gave him the business in the playoffs last year, but you look at some of the lines from the best players in the league when they face the Warriors. I mean, the combination of a good coaching staff and Draymond being much better of a, of a defensive floor general, I think recently has allowed them to kind of put the clamps on those guys or, or give them an inefficient line in some way. So I don't really see Ja dominating this game. Um, Whereas the Warriors, with with Steph back, with Poole playing pretty well off the bench, at least offensively, with Clay playing uh, well alongside Steph, I, I think they just have a lot more. Uh, <clears throat> and they fell into that trap against the Nets, but I think they get back to their winning ways at home here and win pretty comfortably. <clears throat> Man, this team is a conundrum this season, dude. Um, I mean, they... I believe them when they say they're terrible on the road at this point, like, and they're just really good at home, but then they lose to Brooklyn by at home last game by four points after beating the Cavs without Steph and everyone. Um, so it's just, it's just weird, man. And, and for, for this one, I'm, I'm going under um, two forty four and a half and a half is absolutely absurd uh, for what these two teams have done when they played, even in just in the regular season, like they haven't gotten over one twenty five or two twenty five, two twenty four. Like th- th- these games are one twenty three, one hundred nine, ninety five to one twenty three, one hundred eight to one sixteen, one thirteen to one hundred four. Like three of those totals were under one, were under two twenty. Uh, so I- I'm not sure. I guess I mean they played at one hundred and six pace last game, um, and it was one one twenty three, one hundred nine. And the only reason that the the Dubs are able to get that one twenty three is hitting eighteen threes which is only two more than they've been making in their last roughly seven games but um it's still an it's somewhat uh, you know uh, it's a little bit more than than the average for them um enough that like you know it adds up to 123 after you hit two extra threes but 
you know, that's why it's just like for, for this game, it's going to be another playoff atmosphere. The Grizzlies have been playing horrible uh, defense since they started this little road trip uh, that they're on where they lost three in a row to the Lake Show, Suns, and the Kangs. 105 offensive rating, but that 116 and a half defensive rating, allowing 122 points per game. Um, they've been outscored in the fast break, which does not happen. Uh, 20 to 9, that they've been getting up the most fast break points at 20 and scoring the fifth fewest uh, at 9. Just totally out of their uh, own character allowing 16 threes this is where you get scared of a, a total of going under on a total but allowing 16 threes a game which is the fifth most and three more than their season average as they're usually much much better at limiting threes no matter what they do they're still gonna i mean honestly even without steven adams they're still dominating the paint uh, in terms of scoring in the paint limiting points in the paint scoring second chance points limiting second chance points uh all in like the top three in the league uh and best at a lot of those things so they're gonna be that good on, on at those things no matter what and that hasn't really bothered the the dubs because they've just traded threes for twos so the question is are the grizzlies going to defend the three-point line better than they have in the last three road games I would say yes. I would say they're geared up. And the reason you know they're geared up is besides the fact that it's the dubs and they cut, kicked them out of the playoffs and beat them on Christmas without Steph Curry um, is the fact that like they rested Ja. They rested him against the Kangs, took a 33-point just smack to the chin, uh, giving up like 107 three-pointers in that game, I think it was, or something ridiculous for the Kings, who, who missed like two threes or whatever. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's how they lose. And they've been giving up threes to guys like Trey Lyles, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, all six foot seven to six foot nine or 10 three-point shooters who can you know suck, drive a little bit or at least take a step inside and, and shoot if you come out on them but had all the time in the world to shoot wide open threes and and you know that's going to be a problem for them if they are letting the splash triplets and uh you know some form of Andrew Wiggins as well put all, put up all those threes I think they're going to be in, in big trouble I still think it goes under 244 and a half I, I just don't see a world um where Memphis just hemorrhages points like that and the and the dubs are not getting back on defense their defense has been better um and and I really focus on the last seven games for them because that's when Steph came back um they missed him for like a month before that and then you know everything else was so long ago that just doesn't seem as relevant but they are six and one to the over averaging about 242 a game in those games still not 244 and a half um but you know three and four as well they are playing at that huge super fast pace um but that rate that offensive rating at 115 just isn't there right now and it's it looks stagnant at times and it's really just threes bailing them out from jordan Poole, clay and steph um because they've been making 18 and a half of those uh, a game and and still getting the dimes that they get we always know they're going to be in the top five and assists in the league um so it's not like that's really going to change almost ever even when steph's not out there because of the style they play um, and but they've they've been third and fast break points. Memphis has been getting back on defense, so I just I think the you know if they can limit what free throws for for Memphis, who you know they get some, but they're they're obviously not like that's not their bread and butter is getting to the line outside of necessarily job, but it, it is a huge point of emphasis with the second chance points that they get uh, around the rim and the way they crash the offensive boards. If the the, the Dubs continue to give up this you know the amount of free throws that they have, they fouled uh, the most in their last seven games. Uh, they've given up the second most free throw attempts as a result, allowing seventh most assists. So you know you, you worry that they're that they're going to be vulnerable in the places that Memphis can't score and that this 104 to 106 pace that these teams are capable of playing with Ja in there and Steph scares you. Um, but once again, those two dudes have been in there for three of those last four matchups that they've played. Uh, and these totals have failed once again to get to 225. So I think we're all getting a bit ahead of ourselves with these insane totals. Um, and, and we need to relax a little bit and realize even if this game's at 235, that's a very fast, high scoring game. And it's way less than that 244. So that's, that's still my favorite bet. Yeah, because one of these teams, 
can get shut down when they play uh, because the other one is so fired up to play them. Uh, that being said, I mean, you look at what Steph, I think this might be the game Steph totally takes off. Uh, it, I talk about them wanting games and the last three times they've hosted Memphis, Steph has averaged 43 points per game and he's taken 56 threes and hit 24 of them. Uh, so his prop is at four and a half threes, which we thought was low against the Celtics. Yeah. And he had five by the end of the third quarter. Uh, because again, when they yeah. want games, he, he, I mean, I think he took 17 to 19 at threes against the Celtics. It's just like, all right, we're playing a pretty good defense. They're going to be fired up. We're just going to try to break that defense uh, with Steph hitting impossible shots. And he often does, especially at home. Um, so I think you, you want to look at his threes there. And um, as part of the equation here for Golden State, probably pulling away at some point and just Memphis not being as good at home. Again, what I said about them not being as good when they don't get out in front early. Uh, I just, I'd expect that, that typical Warriors avalanche to allow them to cover the spread. Yeah. And you're still getting a little bit of value on that 27 and a half points for Steph Curry. Um, considering that, you know, this might be closer to 30 if he hadn't missed a game here or there um, and still been coming back to, to, to normal for him. So we'll see either way. Uh, I think, uh, you know, this is going to be a pretty close game and I, I do like that too. Well, let's, let me be very clear. It might not be like you said, I think it's going to be a fun game. One team is going to play it very, very, very well, but the way that this matchup has gone, there hasn't been a game closer than like eight or nine points in the last like five or six matchups that they played a lot of below outs as they sort of just give up at some point and there's so one of these teams is so fired up to play the other one um that you know, but i think in this case both of them will be like i said joss sat the the dubs know they need this just as much as anything and they get up for these games so they're both going to be going at it creating a little bit more of that playoff atmosphere creating a little bit lower of a score so 244 and a half is absolutely absurd the nba is, is drunk right now uh and we're still loving it though because it's super fun you're listening to the lines.com podcast network Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first play-up prop for tonight. Yeah, I'm going back with Giannis. Uh, two nights ago, we took him, thought his props were a little low as he came back from a 12-day layoff to rest that knee, missed five games, um, and then looked good, looked very sharp, 20 points in the first half against Detroit. Uh, of course, they coast to a win. He just barely got over with 29 uh, in limited minutes, and... I mean, you could be worried about a blowout against Denver if if Joker sits, but I think Giannis still can go over 30 points in that situation. I mean, he's gone he had 30 plus in nine straight home games before his knee kind of gave out in that Charlotte game and he's and he took a rest after that. Um, you know, he's scoring about a point per minute. So even if he gets about 30 minutes uh in a blowout, that's that's where we're at. Uh, and Denver, we talked about in the game video, their defense is awful on the road and particularly awful on back-to-back situations, giving up 120, giving up 27 free throw attempts per game. 
But more than that, this is like a motivation factor. I mean, Denver has blown out Milwaukee in three straight trips uh, up to the the Midwest there. And Giannis responds after these losses. I mean, even in those blowouts, by the way, he had 29 points per game in about 30 minutes. Uh, and, and you look at this season, the last four times after he played after a Bucks loss, uh, 55-10-7 against Washington after his squad lost to Washington without him. 30, uh, 12, and 9 against the Warriors in just 30 minutes on a poor shooting night. 38, 9, and 6 against Cleveland's top defense on a good shooting night in 30 minutes. And 37, 7, 6 against Portland, uh, which is, you know, still a better defense than Denver in terms of guarding this position. Aaron Gordon is, is a solid individual defender, but I just think the way Denver gets up and down and, and the way Giannis is, is, is able to just knife through defenses that, that are not completely set. Uh, I mean, 30 points, this is my mo- most confident bet here. Nice. Yeah. Right. I mean, ride the Giannis train. This, this is another team that doesn't necessarily have a, a good matchup for him. Not that there is one, I suppose Aaron Gordon could do a decent job, but it, like you said, he still just knifes through this defense, which is even weaker on the road for Denver. So uh, I do, I do like him to be able to have a solid game tonight. 30 and a half, man. So high. We just need him to get the, the, the minutes. Obviously he, he failed to get it 30 last time only because uh, of playing 26 minutes. But so like you said, more than a point a minute. Uh, and if he's going to be playing the, the closer to 35, if, if this is close, I think it might be closer than eight, even if Joker doesn't play, but we'll see. Obviously uh, they're very motivated at home and, and Giannis would be a huge, huge reason for that. So um, let's go to a game. We also had that game video up about the Dubs and the Grizzlies. We talked about Steph. I mean, it's worth mentioning that his he's at 27 and a half points. It's a lot, but I mean, I think he's going to hit more than four and a half threes as well. It's a game that he gets up for. This team gets up for. You mentioned how many shots he puts up and makes. So Clay is, is or excuse me, Steph is definitely a good bet to hit five threes and, and probably to get the 28 points. Clay's prop is just a lot lower and uh, nice and comfortable looking at 21 and a half points. And you still get pretty much even money if you bet that on FanDuel. Shout out that odds finder tool for letting us know that. Um, but yeah, you know he's going to come against Memphis. He had 24 last game on 8 for 25 shooting versus the Grizz. He's going to be getting those uh, close to that amount. Maybe he'll, he'll only shoot the ball 22 times this game because Steph is back and he wasn't in that last Memphis game. But it's his usage like barely drops when Steph's on the floor. Still keeps it at about 29%. Uh, so in his last 10, he's had tw- at least 24, by the way, in eight of his last 10. Only needs 22 tonight to hit that prop. He's averaging 27 over those last 10. 45% from the field and 42 from deep, making about 4.8. So about five threes a game on about 12 attempts. Uh, and I think you can continue to expect them to continue pulling that it's been their offense i mean they've made 18 and a half threes a game in their last seven since steph came back from injury for a re- and that's because their their offense while there's plenty of assists going on there's still a lot of sort of you know there's not that many other ways for them to score they're not getting out in transition wiggins hasn't looked the same and between he and pool uh you know that's that's their offensive uh outbreak and, uh, for fast breaking they haven't been doing it they've just been scoring on threes to be honest with you so uh memphis been so bad at, at defending the three and that's that's sort of the concern for them tonight they've been bad in their last uh, roughly three or four um, and their bottom 10 in terms of defending shooting guards uh, when it comes to points per game assists and rebounds per game all those categories especially the points uh, we just saw them give up like at least five threes to Keegan Murray Trey Lyles and Harrison Barnes in that Kings game and I think you can expect a bit more uh, of that sort of you know leakage if you will against this much better team and Clay to get 22 just just much easier he's been playing like an all-star for a, a while now and, and 21 and a half is still way too low for him 
Yeah, we talked about fewer shots, but better quality of shots when Steph is playing uh, for Clay. This is like deja vu uh, from the last Thursday where we're like, I like Clay, I like Steph overs, but I like under on this absurd game total against the Celtics team that's going to be played at a playoff atmosphere. Yeah. And sure enough, uh, way under in regulation and still went under the final total in overtime. So I think you can be on that again here. Warriors get their points. Uh, I mean, I do worry about a blowout for either of these guys not getting there, which is, I think, why I like Steph to hit five threes in three quarters if necessary uh, before Memphis says goodnight, if that is how this plays out. Uh, another guy we've we've gone to often here this year, polarizing figure Ben Simmons, uh, playing the Sixers again. If Embiid does not play, that paint will open up a lot, and you've got to like his points a little bit more. Either way, I mean, he's responded to that 0-9-13 line against Boston where he didn't look at the basket. By scoring seven and a half, taking seven uh, field goal attempts, mostly dunks, in, in the last four of the road trip for the Nets. So now you look at his numbers without KD in five games, 6.7 rebounds, nine assists. Uh, and that includes one, uh, just 18 minutes at Phoenix because he he, he just couldn't play it due to foul trouble. So uh, there's a lot of props to look at here. And certainly, I would rather go rebounds assists, though, at 14.5, even though he is maybe looking at the basket more. I, I mean, you can always have just that zero in the point category, which is going to screw you if you if you pair that with anything else. But I think I like the steals more than anything at plus 123 at Caesars um, because he's playing Philly. And, and, and motivation manifests on the defensive end for Simmons, who can can definitely guard with the best of them. I mean, he had three steals and three blocks in that first trip back to Philly in November. Also 11-7-11 and 11 in 32 minutes. The Nets, you know, allowing him to try to get that revenge, to try to get that that monkey off his back by by performing well against the team that and the city that booed him. Um, and Philly's just straight awful guarding the backcourt, right? I mean, th- third most assists per game to point guards in the last seven. So if you do want his assists at seven and a half, that's fine. Uh, in their last 11 overall, they're giving up 118 points and 26 assists. Limited rebounds because they are scoring at such an efficient rate. So, um, yeah, maybe you just want assists here. But I think the steals is intriguing uh, if you can get plus odds. Yeah, it's a hustle stat. So in this game, you know he's going to be going crazy for those steals and blocks. Uh, I love taking any of it with the steals and blocks. The the plus 123 for two steals is fine. Stocks is fine. Um, he even made a free throw, by the way, in that Philly game, which which was hilarious. Three. He made, I'm sorry, he made three free throws in that game. Six, yeah. Apologies. Yeah, sorry, Ben. Um, yeah, I'm not touching the points. <laughs> I think I'd still just take the rebounds and assists of the stocks uh, and, and just leave it at that and call it a day with or without Embiid, to be honest with you. Um, a much better bet if he's not in there, but I think you can get value on the on the rebounds and assists more than anything tonight. So uh, Gary Trent Jr., this game, and we got to take an over. It's Toronto and Sac. Um, there's obviously a huge monster total uh, of 237 and a half. Didn't think it was going to be the second biggest total on the night, but uh, it is to, to that 244 and a half that Memphis and Golden State grew to. But this is still going to be a super up and down game. Um, and, you know, Gary Trent's at 19 and a half points over two and a half threes. I think there's opportunity to take a couple guys in this game. I mean, OG Ananobi might not play. And if he doesn't, uh, this this Raptor 
Lakers defense is horrible. Uh, and then you can start looking at guys like uh, Harrison Barnes, maybe Kevin Huerter, maybe even De'Aaron Fox. Um, but, you know, with, with regardless, I actually don't know if he's going to play or not. Gary Trent, I like him to get the 20 and the three threes because of the fact that he's been in there for 36 minutes a game over his last 10 as he's really been uh, one of the healthier, more consistent shooting guards. And really their only three-point threat. And that's why he's out there 36 minutes a game. Fred Van Fleet, been a much more inconsistent this season. Gary Trent Jr. is sort of making himself a very prized uh, potential, you know, trade piece if they wanted to, unless they want to pay him next year. But averaging 20 and a half in his last 10 in those 36 minutes, 15 field goals a game at about a 27 and a half percent usage rate, three for about seven and a half attempts uh, on uh, from deep. So to hit those three threes feels like it's a pretty good bet tonight. Not great odds, like minus 120, but I think you can get that, you know, if he hits those three threes and you think he's cooking enough. Um, like I said, in the 36 minutes with that amount of, you know, those amount of shooters and everything, uh, the lack of shooters on their team, I, I think Gary Trent's a great bet to get that. Sack is vulnerable at the shooting guard position, <clears throat> allowing the fifth most points and the eighth most three-pointers. They are a very good uh, three-point defense, which is the only thing that sort of, you know, makes you pause and think about Gary Trent for a minute. Uh, but I'm still not worried about that. I think he's got the opportunity and, and the minutes and the usage at this point. The, there's just the sheer volume uh, with him shooting close to 50% from deep. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about Gary tonight. Yeah, it's kind of surprised the total is only 237 when you talk yeah. about totals going crazy. Usually in Sacramento is where we get those crazy totals. They just scored 133 on Memphis. Um, and, and, yeah, there's a lot to like on both sides of this game. We couldn't really – decide between all the options Harrison Barnes intriguing I think I would go De'Aaron Fox he's just six and a half assists because that's kind of a way to get exposure to the whole Kings machine right now he's diming up uh so much at home six and a half assists is minus odds but I think I would go eight assists or more or the 11 and a half rebounds assists for Mr. Fox in a game that should be up and down if OG Ananobi sits, I really like it because he could otherwise, you know, spend a lot of time guarding Fox. Yeah, 100% with you on that one. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Great slate tonight. So that is all the time we have for you in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us. And until we see you next, happy betting.